The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and do not reflect the views of all parent centers and school districts. This podcast does not provide legal or medical advice. No guarantee is given regarding any statements or opinions provided and is for informational and support purposes only. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pep Talks podcast. Today, we are going to talk about high expectations in transition. I want to start by just saying that we're talking about the transition process within the Individualized Education Program, or IEP process. And I am Kendra Gibson. I'm the Family Voice Facilitator here at Nevada Pep, as well as being a mother to a transition age youth. Joining me today are Robin and Carly. Can you both introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Robin Kincaid. I'm the Educational Services Director at Nevada PEP, and I'm excited to have an opportunity to talk about high expectations for youth. My daughter is a young adult with disabilities, and we have traveled this journey of getting services for her. So this would be a good discussion of, of how we can keep those high expectations in front of us. I'm Carly Murray. I'm the Transition Services Manager at Nevada PEP. I'm also the parent of two transition age youth. My daughter she just started college and my son's in high school now. So I feel like I'm living this transition all day, every day. Well, thank you both Robin and Carly for, for being here with me today. Carly, I want to start with you since we're talking about transition. Can you tell us what transition is? That's a great question, Kendra, because the word transition just means change. We use this word in a lot of different contexts. For our purpose today, and generally when speaking about the transition process for youth with disabilities, we're talking about the transition to adulthood. Transition services are all about preparing youth for adulthood, including preparing youth for post-secondary education, employment, and independent living. And as you said earlier, Kendra, these preparations are done through the IEP process. When we talk about transition age youth in Nevada, we define that as youth and young adults ages 14 through 26. Thank you for clarifying that for us and, and giving us an understanding of what transition is. So Robin and Carly, you have been through this process as parents and you support other parents who have children with youth in transition here at Nevada PEP. What would you say is the most important thing for parents to consider in this process? So my journey has led me to realize how important it is by some of the mentoring that I received. So I would encourage parents to have high expectations for what their youth can do now and what the future is going to look like. This could look like beginning a college class on an unfamiliar campus or even starting a job in a new setting. So what do high expectations mean to you? So high expectations can mean different things for different families based on their culture and the expectations they have for their family. For my family, we had the expectation that our daughter would attend college just like my older son did and work in her community. High expectations may involve risk-taking and exposing kids to new experiences that youth without disabilities often get to do. It also includes following their interests and preferences. It is a good idea to look at all of the youth's interests. For example, youth may say they want to work in aviation, but at home they're really interested in animals and love taking care of their dogs. Keeping those interests in mind, we can provide them with experiences to explore how their interests could relate to future careers. 
And Robin, how is it that information about your youth's preferences and interests are gathered? Kendra, part of the IEP development is about obtaining the preferences and interests. The school is required to give yearly age-appropriate transition assessments. The results of those assessments go into the present levels and are used in planning transition services. After high school and when the student leaves school, the information can be very helpful to outside agencies like vocational rehabilitation or other agencies that are assisting families in finding adult services. I didn't really think of it like that, Robin. I feel like the education system, especially in special education, tends to shine a light on the student's deficits, their needs, or areas where they need improvement. As the student approaches the age of transition, parents and schools really have to focus on the strengths and abilities. When you keep the focus on what your youth can do, what they're good at, and what they like, they are more likely to be successful after high school. This process is really about helping youth prepare and plan for a life filled with meaningful activities, including involvement in their community. What kind of options are available to youth with disabilities after high school? So Kendra, some families may want their youth to attend college, but they don't know how to make that happen. Not only do colleges and universities all have disability service offices that can help students with accommodations that allow them to access college courses, but there are programs at both UNR and UNLV for students with intellectual or developmental disabilities. If the student wants to pursue post-secondary education, both the parents and the youth can talk with a high school counselor, the IEP team, or research college options to learn more about further education opportunities. There are also opportunities for meaningful employment. One term you may hear during transition is competitive integrated employment, meaning that the youth will work within their community at a job where they're paid at least minimum wage and work with people with and without disabilities. The state agency Vocational Rehabilitation is a free service that can help youth explore career options, prepare for employment, and find a job where they can use their skills in a field that interests them. You're right, Carly. Identifying those fields of interest is an important step. Parents and educators should have the expectation that all youth can make decisions and help the youth build self-determination skills. Opportunities to work on these skills can be included in your youth's IEP transition plan and practiced in different settings to prepare youth for employment and to build skills through lifelong learning opportunities. That's great. I really like all of the above. What kind of things can a parent and school staff do to help youth develop self-determination skills? So self-determination really includes a lot of different things. It includes skills such as decision-making, problem-solving, goal-setting and attainment, self-advocacy, and leadership skills. These might sound like really simple things, but they do require practice. So it's important to give your child and youth opportunities to practice these skills in familiar environments. You could do things like encouraging them to make decisions by giving them options throughout the day and letting them make choices. You can help them set goals and outline what it will take for them to reach that goal. When problems arise, you can encourage youth to first practice problem solving. When we allow youth to try new things, we're encouraging them to develop independent skills. Carly, you mentioned self-advocacy. That is such an important skill for really everyone to have, but especially for youth with disabilities. Kendra, I couldn't agree more. Youth need to learn how to understand their own needs and communicate those needs to others. Parents can encourage self-advocacy by waiting for their child to ask for help before stepping in, such as having the youth email the teacher about a missing assignment 
or requesting some help with a test. Those are some good examples, Robin. And if your child or youth has an IEP or 504 plan, those meetings can be the perfect place for them to practice self-advocacy. They can start small by just introducing themselves and telling the team their strengths and interests. They could help invite people to the meeting. They could go around the table and introduce everyone. You can really just start small with whatever they're currently comfortable with. And then as they develop better self-advocacy skills, you can increase their involvement. We did this with my daughter, and by the time she graduated, she was leading her own 504 meetings. This is a good way to practice self-advocacy because once your student graduates and moves on to adult services, accommodations might not just be given to them like they were in high school. Young adults need to have the skills to disclose their disability, meaning telling someone that they are a person with a disability and asking for accommodations or modifications that they need. Youth really need to develop the skills of sharing with others what they need and sometimes even making it clear what they don't need. Carly, I totally agree with that. That's awesome. And that brings up another good point. Sometimes other people might underestimate a child with a disability. As a parent, it's important that we let those who work with our children know that we have high expectations and that we want them to have high expectations of our child as well. Absolutely, Kendra. We've all heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, and that's definitely true with transition. But we not only need a village, we need a village who will be on our team to prepare our youth for their best possible future. We can share our vision for our child's future with everyone who works with them. For example, let the IEP team know that your child wants to go to college. If they receive employment services, make sure that their case manager knows that your expectation is that they will work in a field that interests them and not just in any job available. Share with the teachers that homework completion is the rule at your house. Another setting where we promote high expectations could be in the doctor's office. I remember when my daughter was 17, we were discussing a minor medical procedure and the doctor kept directing all their questions to me. And I get it, she was a minor, but I had to tell him that she was beginning to make her own medical decisions and that I would be supporting her in making the choice about the procedure. Clearly communicating your expectations with professionals helps set your youth up for success. That is so true, Carly. Research has shown that when families consistently have high expectations, the youth with disabilities achieve greater academic success, which then leads to better employment outcomes, greater financial success, and the youth is more likely to be fully integrated in their community as an adult. When everyone is working with a youth who has high expectations, we are preparing them for this success. Some questions that you can ask to start the conversation are, is my youth taking the right classes to achieve high expectations and work toward future goals? What kind of self-determination goals can we develop to increase confidence and improve self-esteem? How will I know that my youth is gaining the self-determination skills that will be needed after high school? Those are some great ideas to get the conversation started, Robin. By having a good transition plan based on high expectations, we set the stage that after our youth graduates or reaches the age of 22, that they will have further opportunities to continue to learn, to grow, and to find success as an adult. I always say it's, it's never too early to start the conversation about transition. So thank you both Carly and Robin for sharing your knowledge on transition today. If you'd like more information about this or other topics, Nevada PEP has on-demand trainings on our website at www.nvpep.org. Just click on the training calendar button and then click on the on-demand trainings button. 
These pre-recorded trainings are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can view at a time that is convenient for you. As a reminder, all of the services that Nevada PEP provides are free to the families we serve. Please contact us for assistance and or support at 1-800-216-5188. We hope you will tune in again soon for another Pep Talks podcast. Music.